Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. Guys, it's four wins at home for the first time since July 2020. How do we feel? Up to the dizzy heights of eighth, briefly, and now back down to ninth. But yeah, Chelsea are on the way up. Watch out. Yeah, ESCR are back, and maybe we should stay away because every time we have time off, we seem to win more matches. So I'm actually announcing the end of the ESCR pod today. No, I'm only joking. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean... I've ranted a little bit after the Manchester United game. Just I've just won points and points have been flying in. So be honest. I mean, performances or whatever, no complaints from me. We're starting to climb up the table, and that's what football is all about. Absolutely, yeah. So since we last spoke, since we've been gone, um, we're through to the fourth round of the FA Cup against Preston. Smash them, and uh, although we are behind in our first leg of the Carabao Cup to Middlesbrough, obviously we've got the second leg coming up, but. Uh, a win against Fulham and oh. guess what Fulham have never beaten Chelsea at home Chelsea have never lost a home Premier League game against Fulham um, and what do you think the reason for that was Brady how do you think we set this one up uh, I mean if you're going to set up you can pretty much name your back seven at the moment really couldn't you with the injuries obviously with Chilwell back that might affect things but um he bought in, in in terms of Gallagher, Caicedo, the back four, and Petrovic. But he bought in Fernandez for this game. Uh, and Fernandez, I'm not sure if it was a tactical tweak. He seemed to have a bit more space in this game, uh, kind of an inside left position. Uh, Palmer and Sterling were right wing and left wing, a little bit of rotation. Conor Gallagher was uh, pressing as usual. So it's kind of as you were, really. But I did think there was a little bit of a tactical tweak to give Enzo a little bit more space. Maybe it was just that Fulham aren't particularly much of a pressing team. But he did seem to find a better area in this game and he'll probably come up in attempts because he probably had one of his best games in a while but yeah I mean it's kind of as you were really kind of a switch from a 4-2-4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-3 kind of hybrid thing and yeah Poch doesn't really I mean he went to five he went to I think the last 20 minutes of the game he actually went to a Craig's uh, favourite 3-4-3 a little bit Um, Craig loves that but um, yeah I think tactically as you were really yeah it was sort of the 3-4-3 slash 4-2-3-1 if some people want to call it that at the start of the season but it was basically the the formation that we started the season with with Chilwell sort of playing a very attacking uh, wing back position down that left side but I think that looks really good and obviously the end of the game Fulham was sort of lumping balls in and trying to look for bounces or whatever but in general I thought we dealt with Fulham really really easily overall in the game and yeah ended up being 1-0 but could have been uh, could have been better for sure. Yeah, 2.2 expected goals for Chelsea, 0.8 expected goals for Fulham. So two shots on target for Chelsea um, out of the 16 shots they had. So that is clearly where the issues are. Obviously, a lot of build-up play and a lot of good areas. Um, We only have 55% possession, but real lack of cutting edge again. Lots of people making mistakes in the final third, bad decision-making. And I think it's a game that could have should have really ended with more goals for us. Um, and it didn't, um, and that's sort of been the story of the season, really. So, yeah, I think there's there's a lot to, still a lot to be excited about with this team, but unfortunately, still failing in a lot of the very basics. I think 
Um, I think the the performance overall just really shone the light on glaring need for uh, striker position to be addressed instead of his hold up play, general passing of the ball, just very sloppy. He's just not a good fit, I don't think, in what's going on. And look, fair enough. Sometimes these strikers do get isolated from the game um, a little bit, especially when they're sort of the lone man up top. But I, I just feel like uh, we need a, a better fit for that profile of, of player. And I, I know there's been some rumours this week about um, the striker from Sporting and you know whether Chelsea are going to make an agreement with Osimhen, um ready for the summer. But you know, I think. The club are well aware of of the main position that needs addressing, and uh, and hopefully are going to look to do that going forward. I mean, if you look at the game, I don't know if you heard about the uh, film Argyle that was being promoted. It, it was a lot of controversy. It was, you know, if this game was a film, it'd be kind of boring. A little bit of action in the middle and a bit of tension at the end. It was a proper like early kickoff game, really. Um, but what I was happy about this game is, although the quality was in and out as it has been throughout the season we did dig it out uh, and just recently just in a little bit of a trend of just winning ugly a little bit digging games out wasn't pretty but it was also in the second half where we you know like I usually a boxing analogy before at that one nil we always seem to have like a 20 minute period where we should score again and then we don't which I think is quite natural in football to be fair but maybe a City or a Liverpool or even an Arsenal will make it 2-0 and it's basically game over like the Sheffield United game was a little bit like that where we scored 2 and two in quick succession and it was kind of game over. Um, but in this game, we couldn't quite do that. We just kept full of minute and like the narrative was, you know, Chelsea hung on and that sort of thing. Um, it was a little bit like that, but it was mainly because again, in some games, I mean, obviously in the Luton game, we were 3-0 up and we still made a meal out of that. But yeah, we just think games where we keep other teams in and we just, keep, we just give, we give teams confidence through our inexperience and our kind of um, lack of, lack of cutting edge. So yeah, like Craig said, a striker would address that. But yeah, it was really one of those games where, you know, earlier in the season or last season, I think we could have, like, you know, drawn the game or... But in the end, uh, we've got the win and that shows some progress. On one of those games, you have to change your pants at the end of it, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was... I don't know, it was all much to do about nothing. I mean, I know we were, we were sort of kicking it up in the box ourselves. I mean, Fulham didn't actually pose that much attacking threat in this game. Um, only only generated from 0.8 XG. I think they had a decent chance either, either side of the half. 14 shots, but... They were, as I say, they were knocking on the door of a lollipop a little bit. But um, yeah, I think it was just one of those where we grit, we gritted it out. The first half, you know, not a lot of quality. Good period in the second half for 20 minutes, I think. I quite noticed that quite a lot in games from the 45 to the 65th minute. We seem to do pretty well and then start to peter out. But yeah, again, one of those games where we just kept the minute. And yeah, in the end, in the end it got a bit nervy. Yeah, I Maybe think the half these... time... The halftime adjustments have been pretty good of late, especially where we've come out second half and looked yeah. pretty uh, pretty decent, to be fair. And yeah, I think that 20 to 30 minute period after after halftime, we really should have put the game away. I mean, yeah. it was, uh, was very poor that we didn't. And yeah, and anytime you're one up and there's five, 10 minutes to go, obviously the other team are going to start sort of putting a bit of pressure on you. And again, we could have got some goals on the counter still. I thought Madueke actually looked really dangerous at the end of the game, a couple mm. of chances. He's actually a player that is a really good sub in those situations because he's very good one-on-one. He's very dangerous and he's also got a great shot on him. Um, and, you know, if you can get him in those positions isolated against fullbacks, it's a very dangerous situation as opposed to, you know, the game against Borough away, for example, where he was continuously, you know, in front staring at seven players behind the ball I don't think that's you know as much his game 
at the moment. Um, obviously, still a young player. Anthony Taylor obviously wanted to get some brownie points back at the bridge. He gave us a penalty. And, and, and to be fair, that Gusto challenge, I thought it was actually worse than the Villa one. Personally, we, yeah. we yeah, I, I was shocked that they didn't. The VAR didn't look at it, and it does show the inconsistency of it. Because for me, that's a red. Well, so I think the so the rules yeah. are, and the, this is very detailed, obviously, and and something we weren't privy to when the these decisions were made. Obviously, high up about about the red card rules, but they they look very carefully at the ankle and the the buck. They're looking for a buckle of the ankle because that's showing mm-hmm. the force that you go in with. And the the Villa one is it. Sorry, is it Villa that, that Gusto originally yeah, got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the Villa one was you see the player's ankle sort of buckle back, mm. whereas this one you sort of see that him go on top of the ankle, but the ankle doesn't really move at all. Willian's ankle, so I, I think that the force is is something that they are actually really really looking for. I think if it was given a red, there's no way it'd be overturned. Correct. Yeah, so, I, I believe that. Um, and Taylor could have easily given a red. I think a lot of referees would have and. You know what, like, you know, we you know, me and Craig have got some experience with po- playing poker and variants and you know, maybe in that Villa game we, we went against us in this game. I can't, that, that game was also nil nil at that point, this game was nil nil. That little bit of variance goes your way and we get the win and yeah, I think I think with VAR, hopefully over a season or a couple of seasons you kind of, you know, your luck will level out. But yeah, uh, with VAR you do get the luck of the draw sometimes. Well, let's have a quick chat about the players. Let's move on to some temperatures. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperature's dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. Surely it's got to be Brady first. Oh, is it? Oh, thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you. The season of goodwill continues. Um, well, Craig, um, he's actually stole my freezer, really, because he mentioned it quite a lot in the match review. It's just a default, put him in there. He's been in there over Christmas, maybe the Chipolatas or whatever are still left in the back of the freezer. So, man, you're bro, you're, I mean, a bit harsh, I guess, because he wasn't bad in this game, but he was the only player you could think, you know, could be put in the freezer. I think he just, he's all right. He's six out of seven out of ten. The thing disappointed me about this game is, you know, we, we, we didn't review the Middlesbrough game, thankfully, because that was awful. But I thought we maybe should start that game. And then when he came on, I thought, right, he's going to really give us a big impetus in this game. And he just didn't. And they're managing these minutes. And even though he's coming into this game fresh, he doesn't look particularly fresh or, hun- I wouldn't say hungry, but yeah, just, you know, the, the, the real, you know, you need, in the position where, you know, we've got. There's about 20 strikers possibly really, I mean, every day. I mean, even Karim Benzema's been linked to the club. There's so much pressure on him to perform, and I'm sorry to say, he hasn't really got time to, like, develop or mess about or get a goal every three games. He's just got to hit the ground running, I'm afraid, and he just isn't. And, um, again, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not saying we're missing Nick Jackson or Nkunku, but you can't, with big games coming up, if it, we, we're still waiting on the Nkunku injury news. Can't hang it out on a man, you bro, yeah. I mean... We always say he should be starting. At the moment, he should be coming on for 30, 40 minutes because that's his level at the moment. Just a lot of moments in the game where he's... Just... At the moment in the second half, Romelo Gusto whipped it in. And don't get me wrong, I think it was only a 0.2 or 0.15 XG chance. He gets a bit of better contact just a goal when he just doesn't get it. It's just those little moments seems to be better. And yeah, he's just getting hooked on now at every game, basically, which is a bit of a red flag. And I just don't think... I don't think he's just managing the minutes. Because there's no need to manage the minutes in this game. We, didn't... we had a 12-day gap between the next game. 
just think Poch is, he rates him, but I think honestly that if it keeps carrying on, I think it could be a sell in the summer. I just feel the FFP situation personally, and I've said that before, I just don't quite see it at the moment. Yeah, I'm not sure he rates him or whether he's trying to give him some confidence. I know, like, uh, I would expect a manager to come out and back a young player, especially a young striker. Yeah. And confidence is really, really important for those players. So I, I, I don't know whether I'd hang your hat too much on what he's saying in the in the post-match presses or the, the presses about Broya because I think the eye test is very poor with him at the moment. Um, yeah. Bar that header against Preston, yeah, you're looking at not much in terms of contribution to matches. You know, the the chance that he, he had in the game was a half chance, like decent chance. And, and you know, the it, it's one that to, to take us to 2-0 and, and finish the game off, really, that's one that you're expecting a striker to at least have a decent effort. And yeah, he just completely air shots it. So just just disappointing, really, with Bro. I think we had high hopes for him. And as we talked, talked about this before, but just I think it's pretty clear you know, even whatever Posh says, I think it's pretty clear he's saying to the recruitment team and the recruitment team can see it as well. I think that we're we're in need of a, a focal number nine that potentially, you know, doesn't align with the profile of a young player as well. You know, maybe some more experienced player. I think a, a, a clinical striker that can hold the ball up would really add a lot to this team. Um, and yeah, it's not Nicholas Jackson. It's not Amanda Broya. And I don't think it's Christopher Nkunku either, to be honest with his profile. So I think it is a profile of player that we... we could do with yeah I think he was poor he would have been my freezer too uh, Brozier I thought he's been yeah disappointing um, uh, the people we've signed Brozier coming through a lot of the young players it's just what you're going to get so it's not unexpected um, don't think we're expecting him to be banging goals in every week and stuff and maybe that's what people have in their minds but We've seen a lot of deficiencies with a lot of the young players not performing consistently and that will just go on, I think. Um, he needs to be playing every week. He should be on loan. That's what you would do with him in a normal season. Think about how we were looking previously. So sort of relying on him to play every game and deliver, which is obviously a big ask and I don't think he's up to the challenge yet, not with the lack of football he's had in the last period. So, yeah, I think we just need to keep going with him and and uh, hopefully he can... Uh, find some form which would be good for us I mean if you just look at the stats I mean he's only played 450 minutes and obviously that's been quite bitty I'm not sure how many starts he's had maybe three or four maybe four maybe four or five I'm not sure but I think every time he's been started he's been hooked I mean he got hooked to half time against Burnley and his only goal this year was a fluke I mean just to come off his leg I haven't seen a clinical finish obviously against Preston he got that header but I haven't seen a clinical finish at all so, he doesn't look sharp at all, does he? No. I mean, I've, I personally maybe overhyped this player. Maybe a little bit like I did Baddy Shield as well. Um, I really thought he was like, had the attributes to be like, you know, really effective for us. And look, maybe he just needs time. But like I said before, unfortunately, <laughs> got Osman awesome maybe pre, pre-agreement deal coming in. We're being linked to Benzema. We're being linked to that guy. I can't pronounce his name from Sport Lisbon. Um, loads of players. Benjamin Sheshko. Obviously, Tony's. I don't think likely to go. I think don't think Tony's going to be going anywhere to the summer, and probably more likely to go to Arsenal. But loads of names in the mix, and if you've got one goal every 450 minutes, it's not going to cut it. Sorry, it's not going to cut it. And we get on Nick Jackson about you know not scoring enough goals. I mean, <clears throat> Jackson's scoring way more goals and he's way more pivotal moments, and clearly he's better from the left wing as well. So with Broya, just maybe, yeah, he needs a loan, but that isn't going to happen. And, you know, we've got two massive games coming up, Middlesbrough at home and Liverpool away. Really needing I, I think I think there's some 
the thing I'd say about Brozier is I think he lacks, for me, when I'm watching the games, a lot of positional discipline seems to be a big issue with him. He always seems to come wanting the ball, um, which is fine. You can come and want the ball. don't think he's going to be Harry Kane who can you know, play balls through once he gets it. So he wants to get the ball and then he wants to take about 15 touches like Jackson does. Um, he, you know, if you're going to get the ball and then you need to know what you're doing with it, you need to play it out wide and make another, you know, another run. I think it doesn't help with changing the formation up front for him. You know, that they've moved to that four-two-two-two, where they're all sort of swapping positions around, and then then it's four-three-three, and he's playing centrally, and you, you can see that he's confused a lot of the time with where he should be standing. So I think there's also a bit of an issue with the management of him, and whether if he's got any clear direction with what he's supposed to be doing, because he seems to be sort of everywhere and nowhere. Um, which is a bit of an issue. So I think you should just stay on the shoulder. If you're going to drop in, you know, you should have a direction to play out wide. Um, so, you know, to get the ball out and then, you know, he needs to be in the middle. And I just think he just needs more time. You know, he's he's not used to playing this way um, in this team. He hasn't played football for so long. So, yeah, lots of issues with him for me positionally on the pitch. And he needs to improve in that area, which I think will allow him to, Maybe some of the stuff he's doing at the moment won't be there. Yeah, and you can just focus on you know getting more shots away and being in good attacking positions. Any any other freezers or? I, I see. I was going to say. Assume neither of us have a, another freezer. I don't think there's anyone else deserving of it. I thought, I thought Axel played pretty well, so he avoided Dice's cold finger this week. <laughs> he did. He did play good. I, I just yeah, wanted yeah, to actually, talk yeah, about. Yeah, shout out to Axel. He was quite good actually. I thought that was the first time I thought. Oh, he's a bit of a disaster class here. There were no tackles, but that's fine. <laughs> no, yeah, no tackles, no interceptions. I think that's just a sign of how... More recovery, though. He's, he's getting it. Um, I just want to talk about, I guess this has been a bit of a topic with uh, with the fans this week, is about the Argyle movie promotion and sort of, I guess, just your guys' opinions on it uh, and what you think of it. I, I know that it was sort of broadcast on TV a bit. You did see it a bit, but it wasn't made a massive deal out of what what do you think about it, Brady? I think um, apparently Sister Act was promoted during Gus Hiddink's time. Apparently, so Whoopi, I don't know. Yeah, I remember Whoopi, that. Don't know if Whoopi Goldberg's at a bridge. I mean, I can't really remember. Um, I mean, that was a forgettable season. I think was it, or was it? Was it the? I can't remember if it was the 2010 season or the one before. Um, or sorry, the 2015 one. We can't remember. Anyway, um, I, I don't really care to be honest. Um, as long as it doesn't affect the players. Uh, as long as it doesn't affect the manager, if it brings money into the club, I'd be pretty disappointed if it affected the players or the it's, manager. It's very. It's, I mean, I mean, obviously, London is blue is probably one of the best pods on, uh, in Chelsea. It's very, very Americana, isn't it? I can say that. I think it's very in NFL. I know you're a big NFL Craig, uh, fan, Craig, and more than myself and NBA. I think this is quite common, and we've got American owners, so it's just it's just part of the price that priced in. Is like Gary from. Sorry, who goes to Chelsea for 50 years going to maybe like it? Probably not. But you have to have a balance. And if it's bringing money into the club, a bit of prestige into the club, I think Dua Lipa was there because she's a star of the film. It brings a younger audience in, brings some money in, brings some hype around the club. I don't really care, to be honest. Um, yeah, so that's my opinion on it. Um, not a massive fan of it. Don't want it every week. But I think it's Todd Bowley's production company, so that's why it's happened. Apparently, Matthew Vaughan is a Chelsea fan, so I'm not sure they've made that up. The director they've made that up for, uh, kind of for uh, for PR. But yeah, I don't really care. To be honest, I'm completely honest. 
I don't really rate it. I don't really care about it. I didn't even know what was going on to be honest no. with you when I was watching the game. Uh, maybe Did you not see the, on the, the sleeves and everything, the Argyle? Yeah, I mean, we asked, we, we did see it, didn't we, when we were watching it? We sort of, because yeah. we were on holiday, but um, we said, well, what's this Argyle thing? But uh, apparently it was a movie. I was just, yeah, just get on with the game, I think. Then uh, let, let, the, let the money boys talk about the money, but I'll concentrate on the football. And I think if yeah. we were first, no one would care at all. Yeah. Be like, oh, yeah. yeah, having a laugh. When you're ninth, or, uh, well, we're going to the game 10th. People like don't need another distraction of like a film or. And there was a figurine in the. He was asked about it in the presser a bit. If there was a figurine in the um, presser, and he was joking about going to the premiere. I mean, if we lost the game, it definitely might have been a sticking point for fans. But we didn't, so hopefully. But I, I mean, I wasn't actually at the game on Saturday. But I think you boys were, right? You were at the game. Were you still on holiday? No, we were on holiday. We missed it. But like, I think if I think clearly that you know, obviously we rarely miss a game. It's like clearly there was a bit of an edge. I don't think there is a potch in and a potch out. I think there's a real divide in the fans in terms of some fans have already had enough. I think at the bridge is a bit of an edge. So anything that leans it to the negative might not be great, but to be honest, I don't really care. If it brings money, if it brings a million pounds to the club, whatever, good, whatever. I think uh, I think it's lucky we won the game or else it could have been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it could have been used as an excuse, obviously, yeah. Yeah, for, as a scapegoat, but um, we didn't and yeah, so whatever. I've got, um, I do have a little freezer. It's more like a little fridge, a little special mention. Oh dear. Um, and that's Conor Gallagher shooting. It's, <laughs> I'm just going kind of, to bring it up every week until he scores. Yeah, he best shot of the season, didn't he? Did that he was, go in? It wasn't actually the worst. It was probably, yeah, it was probably was he's his get, best he's, shot. He's season. getting closer. That was a great effort. All I'll say is we're halfway through the season. He hasn't scored a goal. It's embarrassing. It's as, I'll tell you what, it's not as bad as the third person shooting I'm going to talk about later, but he won't be called out for it. So I think there's a bit of double standards there. But anyway. Sorry, Conor Gallagher. We've seen him score goals in yeah, the Premier League before. There are expectations around what he should be doing. Yeah? And his shooting is, I don't know what's happened to it. It's fallen off a cliff. I think he scored, he the, needs... goal he scored the goal of the season last year, didn't he? That, that yeah, player. but that's it, isn't it? Where's all that? Where's that right, gone? I mean, that's shots what I'm like a seven-year-old shooting. They're embarrassing. It is, it is in the locker, is what I'm saying. It's in the Where locker. Where is it? He needs to sort he it out. Get the key. He's too busy, the lads. He's, it's, the, it's the one where Tuchel said. Where Tuchel said, they're running so much. My Werner and Mount are running so much that they're tired by the time they get to the edge of the box. <laughs> but, oh, uh, God, yeah. He's running too much. He's run out of energy. He hasn't got the shoot button on FIFA. But um, no, he should. I mean, getting closer, though. I think that's the first time he's hit the post. So usually it's about two yards over. So, uh, you know, by the, by the law of metrics, uh, he should be should be uh, scoring pretty soon. I think if like, Chick Wimenka outscores him for the entire season, who has played like what a game in a bit, it's embarrassing. I mean, for Gallagher though, it's impressive. He's probably the player of the season. He's been absolutely atrocious in front of goal. I mean, imagine if he has goals to his game, he will. Be, he will I mean, I think if that. everyone else adds goals to the game, he wouldn't be the player of the season, would he? So. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, right, should we go warming up? Yep. Oh, it's me again. That ran to me. It's uh, not 100% how to pronounce his first name. If you're George A. Petrovic, um, I used to be a goalkeeper, goalkeeper's union. I think we've done great business for this kid. I mean, he's not a kid, I think he's 24. Um, flown in from the MLS into a huge jump from the MLS to the Premier League. I mean, when you think about it, we've got Petrovic and Sanchez for 40 million combined. And United got Anana for like fifty. I mean, that that would do. That's a good. That's a good deal. 
And funnily enough, you know, you Jamie O'Hara's of the world on TalkSport and all these, well, I'll call them idiots, basically, that didn't have an average career and think they can talk about elite football. And Chelsea have like, burnt money. We haven't in the goalkeeper department. No one talks about that at all. 14 million for this guy looks like a quality keeper. Very solid. Uh, to, I don't think, I think the saves are actually overhyped this game. I think they're actually two fairly routine saves, especially the second one. I think he'd be dead, very disappointed if he didn't save that Jimenez one. But very solid, uh, seven recoveries, high claims. Just really good. I'm not going to put him in boiling hot like some did, but very solid. And at the moment, I mean, when you think about that he was thrown into the game against Everton, and I think he flapped to that second goal a little bit, you're thinking, oh, this guy might be a bit dodgy. But he's been brilliant. Three, three clean sheets in eight. And it's, it's tough on Rob Sanchez because I think he was actually having a good season as well, but I don't think I'd change it at the moment if when Sanchez is fit. I think wow. I'd keep, I think I'd keep Petrovic in there. Um, you don't you don't change a good thing. Um, I think he's been excellent. I mean, that save at Luton was world-class save. That's that world-class. I mean, that is a quality save. Um, hasn't really made any mistakes. Distribution is fine. It's an excellent business warming up. Thought he was brilliant. So, not brilliant. Very good. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy with Petrovic. Chris, I know you're a big Sanchez guy. What, what, what do you think? I'm not a big Sanchez guy. Um, I do obviously Petrovic did make a mistake. He's made one for the goal at Everton, but I actually think he's been really good. He reminds me a lot of uh, Courtois. He's you know he's quite tall. He's a good shot stopper. Um, he's 24. I think obviously he gives the ball away a lot. I think that's you know there was that question from I know you didn't like it from from Neil Barnett in the thing about well when Petrovic is playing now what well, we stop playing out from the back. Because he can't play under pressure, you know, you're going to get found out eventually with that sort of yeah, thing. It's an isolated question from Neil Barney, I'll be fine. But the accumulation of silly questions does great on you. But I think it's a fair question because it's like, well, why Why is the goalie yeah. now booting the ball up the pitch? Maybe it was why like, doing wait, that? Right. It's called tactics, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, the tactics have to be the same. Yeah, it's funny. All the tactics under Sanchez was to pass the ball out. Now it's hoof the ball up the pitch. So That's not true, think... actually. We, we, we had a lot, number of situations where Sanchez kicked the ball long, I think. Yeah, but my point is, look... I think he's exactly what we need. We need a good shot stopper. I think he's a better shot stopper than Sanchez. Um, obviously, he's slightly deficient wow, in some other big, areas. That's a big call. No, I think we've seen it as well, and I think he's. I think he'll go on to do well. He doesn't take many risks, which I think will benefit him because he won't get caught out a lot. But obviously, you know, no one's going to criticise him for booting the ball long and then it coming back and and the team scoring rather than giving it directly to them. So, yeah, it's. I think it's it's enough that we can be happy with him playing in the team and. I think he'll. I think he'll go all right. I think look, the longer he plays, the better he'll be. So, yeah, I don't think I would remove him from the team either. I think you keep him going, you keep playing That's... him, and you, you work with him. And it's not starting can... Rob Sanchez. I think Rob Sanchez has been really good. Uh, I just think we've got two good goalkeepers, and I'm really happy about it because I don't think I've ever had that in. I mean, for I mean, we've just had Kepa for seven years or six years or whatever it's been, and just been terrible really. So to actually have two good options in goal. It's just fantastic and just really happy about it because we didn't. We have no need to go into the goalkeeper market in the summer unless there's a huge downturn in their performance. Because the goal, as you can see with the Anana buy, other buys, a lot of I always say it, very high variance buying goalkeepers. I think we've done really well and we've got Gaga Salina as well on loan in Belgium, supposed to be a very good goalkeeper. So no need to. Uh, I think we'll set there for a while personally. I don't like the look of Salina, but that's a different. That's a different topic. What do you think, Greg? 
I don't see a reason to change him. I'm, I'm, I don't really rate Sanchez very highly. I think he's like a decent goalie. Um, I think there's a much bigger ceiling with this player, so uh, I, I would keep going with him. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't see. I don't think it's a particularly tough decision either. Um, so yeah, even, even though we got you a wow, a Craig wow. When well, I well, said I'm just surprised. That I, I know you guys both really well from what I was hearing earlier in the season, sort of rated Sanchez quite highly and I know I was really pushing for you know goalkeeper being an issue for us but I think if it was the other way around as well though where if Sanchez came in and played let's say for argument's sake Petrovic should come in I started the season and Petr- and Sanchez has come in and done really well it'd be the same to be honest I just think when a goalkeeper's playing well and the team's settled I think you keep it and you know uh, maybe you can I'm not sure if he'll be back but maybe you can play Sanchez in the Villa a home game in the cup uh, maybe I'm not sure about that but um yeah, I think the only problem is is when you've got two good goalkeepers, you know, not like Ramsdale and Rayer, but two players that are rated where one's going to go. But other than that, I think they're really good and very happy with the goalkeeping situation, personally. Very good, you're warming up. I mean, there's actually a lot of candidates, I think, for warming up uh, in this game, but I'm going to go with Enzo. Yeah. I think this sort of injury that they've sort of rumoured to be talking about obviously like affecting him a bit but I do think in games like this where passing is important and and you know Fulham are, are, are not just a team that's going to just completely part the bus in a, in a game you could see they tried to they tried to press at times they you know they were quite well balanced in the game they, they weren't just you know turning up like other teams have done at Chelsea this season and, and just sort of completely parked it and hoped to 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 get us on the counter and you know he he's an intricate partner, and also just the partnership. Uh, almost in the warming up section should be the partnership with him and Caicedo. I know there's a picture of them after the game with their arms around each other, walking around the pitch. I just feel like this is you know a partnership where it's two hundred million pound midfielders that are both twenty two years old. It's it's something to be excited about for our team, um, and it's not perfect at the moment, but it's got an incredibly high ceiling. And uh, yeah, I think as a duo, they're, they're well balanced, and and it's it's a, a good basis in a four two three one. So yeah, something to be excited about. Uh, performance I thought was relatively good actually. Like I like his. There's a lot to like about Enzo. I think when he gets on the ball, he always runs his foot over the ball. He's got a lot of control over it. He kind of seems to know what he's doing. A few mistakes um, when he does pass sometimes, but I think his range is great. I think he's got a lot on. You know, we spoke at the beginning of the season that he was going to be the player of the year. I think he fortunately won't hit that dizzy height. Um, I think probably not not a front runner in that. But ultimately, his outputs are, are okay and they need to be a lot better. His shooting is very poor. I think that's, you know, Brady mentioned it. And I, you know said how many, so. I mean, I'm going to praise him in a minute, but do you know how many big chances he's missed this year? You have to guess. Well, Enzo? Yeah. To know one. Six. 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 Yeah. yeah, a lot of those, a couple of those have been United. I think there's a lot to like about Enzo. There's obviously a lot that he needs to work on. I think his pace is a big problem um, and his, you know, output in the attacking third, you know, if, if that's where he's going to end up, which obviously he will end up in a lot of the games if people are low blocks against us. So he needs to improve in that area and that's going to be the difference for us winning and drawing or losing. So I think that they said on the Straight up on common podcast, you know, last year we were like, right, he's playing too deep. But next year when we're better, we'll put him up further up 
and he'll be that'll unlock it. It's got the reverse now because he put him in an eight. He looks lost because he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not. Got, he hasn't got a good shot on him. Um, it's a little bit like when Kovacic was advanced. You just need him a bit deep. Just need to find. Well, you need to find an area or a, ta- a tactic where you're going to get the best out of him. Now, in terms of area on the pitch or tactical role, whatever. Because when he does have space from the ball and can di- and dictate the ball and um, and things like that, he's excellent. But he hasn't seen it enough. I mean, I think this is his best game since the Liverpool game at the start of the season. But that's, I mean, what's that, four or five months ago. I think he's gone missing in some games sometimes. I think, obviously, he's had this injury. You know, Matt Law said he hasn't been, you know, his form's been up and down. A huge price tag. I mean, that's not his fault. I mean, it's never a player's fault. But and the, the one thing I did like about this game, though, is he actually had four successful dribbles because um, he's actually running with the ball really well up the pitch and also had nine ground duels one, which is not something you see a lot from him. Oftentimes, you see a lot of long, accurate balls, um, passing accuracy usually is high. Showing a bit of grit and showing a little bit of progressive running as well. So I think he showed that side of his game as well. Excellent technical player. Um, but I think, I think personally he looks better deeper in a register role, kind of like a Jorginho role where he can spread the ball and dictate the play a little bit. And that's kind of where he played last year and did really well for us. I was thinking of more an advanced role where he's like kind of arriving late in the box. Don't really see him there. Can't shoot very well. He's In tight spaces, he's not great. So a little bit like Gallagher in that sense. So yeah. If you can find an area of the pitch for him and find a role for him, fantastic. It's just finding that role where you've got Lavia around, you've got Gallagher around, you've got Caicedo around, and you've got, a, you know, we can't, you can't prioritise one player. I don't think, I'm not sure you can necessarily build a team around Enzo Fernandez personally, which I think a lot of fans do think we should do. I'm not quite there personally. Um, so I have to wait and see. But yeah, much better performance. So yeah, hopefully you can build on it. I also like us in the four-two-two-two, and I just really don't think he can play in that formation. What do you think, Craig? I know you like Enzo. What do you think about what I said there about tactically? What, what do you see? How, how are they being? Because it's a big thing, isn't it? Like making in, you know, unlocking Enzo, whatever you want to call it, a bit of a you know general phrase here, is very important. I think for the development of the team. How do you think we can do it? I wouldn't. Fo- I wouldn't focus the team around that. I'm not. A, I'm not sure that he's. We've seen enough of him as a as a player to to focus the team around unlocking him. I would focus on getting the team to try and play well, and if that yeah. includes him, that's great. And if it doesn't, then you know who yeah. can go to Barcelona for sixty million or whatever it is. So you know, it's not. I don't. It shouldn't be the focus. Yeah. Um. Of the of the team. So yeah, I I I think the balance is really important. I think we're we've sort of been almost there on a couple of occasions. We've sort of flashed like we're going to break through, and then we've had another couple of injuries, and then players aren't coming back. And I just feel like it's been so disjointed tactically that that you know the players aren't the most important thing to you know the development of the players will come as the team starts playing together well as a yeah. unit, and that should be Posh's idea. I think he's he's been good at that. To be fair, you know he's a lot more head screwed on than a lot of the fans I think in some of their opinions on team selection you know he's trying to find that right balance between defence and attack and uh, I think I do think we're we're almost there in a lot of ways I think you'll see the best of him when we get really top attackers um, and there's less reliance on him to do things and I think you know then a lot of his passes will will end in assists I think he'll get better runners off the ball you know because he's the sort of guy he's kind of a bit like Fabregas in a way, not not quite. Um, but you can see a ball, you know, you can see a run and, and the movement up front is absolutely disgraceful most of the time. So we, we do need to, I think there's, he's definitely a great player for the future. I, I think at the moment with the players we've got, I'm not sure it suits him that well. 
Have you got Chris? Warming up for me. Um, I I'll just do a little uh, a little one. It's not really warming up, but it's more of a nice to see. And it's nice to see Ben Chilwell back yeah, nice. on the grass. Yeah, that's great. Um, good, good to point. see him getting 14 minutes. Um, just felt a little bit more secure with him on, on yeah. that side of the pitch. He, uh, God, I miss his energy. He's just running, you know, first thing he did, he's just running down the line. I'm like, oh, great. Someone who runs off the ball, I forgot how good that was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really happy to see him back. Um, obviously, it might be short-lived. <laughs> as we tend to find with a lot of these guys. So, um, yeah, just take it slowly. But, yeah, good to have him back. Happy happy to have him. And and Chuk Wamenka as well. I think it was, you know, a bit warming up for Carney and um, Gallagher coming back because you've got to remember that Carney, you know, he started every pre-season game and obviously he scored that goal against West Ham and then he got got Croc for this horrible injury and apparently... Matt Law said that he, you know, he has to learn how to run again. I mean, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Just like run like a like bionic legs, learn how to run again. But yeah, uh, Matt. But in terms of Chilwell, he was asked in the TNT interview after the game, you know, how do you feel about coming back? And immediately he said leadership. He clearly takes being the vice captain very, uh, very seriously. Reese James could be out. Well, we don't know. Maybe for the season. I'm not sure. Um, so. We need leadership on the pitch, you know, um, and to have a captain on the pitch that isn't Conor Gallagher. And there's been a lot of reports that Conor Gallagher is not seen by his teammates as like a natural leader and things like that, because I don't think he is. So I'm not saying Chilwell is either, but definitely last year under Potter as well, I saw a little bit of, I think it was against Leeds, 1-0. We showed a bit of oomph, he showed a bit of grit, Chilwell, in terms of being the captain. He's very experienced. Obviously, he was in the Champions League winning team. He's had many clutch moments for the club, even though he's been here for three or four years. I'll just say this. It's really good it's just really good to have a senior player back who's been there and done it and um not a new player. And I mean Chilwell is one of I think a handful uh of you know, of players who have been in more than two, three years. So yeah, good to have him back and yeah, I I'm I'm a big fan of Ben Chilwell and hopefully he can um come back at a good time because we've got a lot of games coming up and yeah, pray he can stay fit. Yeah, I think his leadership is is really underrated yeah, part of the, his return as well. Not only does he give us, you know, a way of not playing Colwell at left back, but also just yeah, leading the team in a in a fantastic way um with with not just words but energy on the pitch and uh, he's a winner Ben Chilwell. You can see it shine through with him. So, yeah, important player. I think he helped manage the game out. I mean, when Carney came on, he was very chaotic kept giving the ball away, but I thought Chilwell I won't say it'd be the difference between getting the three points, but he definitely came on and, you know, I think he won a few corners and, yeah, just showed a bit of experience. And those little, that, that little kind of, um, that you know, if he didn't come on, maybe, you know, we don't win the game. Just those little little moments, those little bit of experience can be very, you know, uh, pivotal. Boiling hot, Brady? I mean, what can I say? It's just, you know, he has a bad game against Middlesbrough. Misses a couple of open goals, but you can't keep a good man down. And he's missed your temperature. He's ice cold one minute, boiling hot the next. Cole Palmer, I mean, this guy is amazing. Like the first half, I mean, it's, I think it's the first time I've really seen someone basically assist their own penalty. Because <laughs> I know, I know Sterling got um, tripped over, but that reverse ball that he did, unbelievable, like like wizardry. You call it, it's brilliant. And then um, he's got a bit of a lot of players. He's got a bit of matter. 
He's got you know, loads, loads of different players. He's got a bit of, um, you know, he's got a bit, a bit of a baller. I mean, Ronaldinho would be applauding some of the stuff he was doing in terms of like flicking it up for himself, flicking it over players. He scores goals. He's, he's ice cold from the spot. I mean, what a snip of 45. I mean, again, a lot. I mean, some play, um, the media don't really mention this too much. Cole Palmer's been a bargain uh, and an unexpected one. And I just wish, you know, Simon Johnson said on the Straight Out Common podcast, if some of the attackers could match his levels, then Chelsea could really be a force. But he does carry us at times. And. Um, not ideal for a 21-year-old to be carrying the team, but he's a standout performer in the team at the moment. I think he's a fantastic player and, uh, yeah, brilliant. I think we've said everything we need to say about Cole Palmer, really. He's, he's consistent. And, uh, you know, I would say that one disappointing performance against Borough, but in the Premier League, he's been outstanding. And, yeah, a big FPL asset as well. I think a lot of people said, oh, he's only scoring penalties. I just wanted to, you know, kind of dispel that. So if you take it in the league, he's got 13 G slash A in 1,244 minutes, which means he's averaging, that's with penalties. So he's averaging 95 minutes per goal or assist, which is like basically elite. Anything below 100 minutes is elite. It's like not a million ways of Haaland or whatever, or, you know, a really clinical striker. But even if you take the penalties away, he's got four goal, four open play goals and five assists. So, he's, you know, every 150 minutes he's getting an open play goal or an assist. That's not that's about the penalties. And penalties matter. You know, Saka has penalties. No one talks about that. Salah has penalties. Harry Kane has penalties. Do you know what I mean? They're part of the game. So, yeah, just can't, you know, seems to stay fit. Yeah, he picked up a little injury a little while ago. We were all getting scared. He was fine. So, yeah, just keep him fit. Cotton wall him. He's a tad man in the team and he's only 21. I mean, apparently he can't even use a washing machine or cook, but he can cook on the pitch. I'll say that much. <laughs> Yeah, well, we know Palmer's great. Um, we like him a lot. We've just got to keep going with him and hope he can... Need a bit more hype for cold air. I mean, this guy's this guy's on fire. Fire is up the league. He is on fire. I mean, you've got bro just stinking out of the place. Sterling's up and down. I mean, bro, he's the only one you can really hang your hat on, really. Every game, he, he, I mean, even Middlesbrough, at least he's there within the chances involved in the game. Even that Middlesbrough one, he actually created the chance himself by intercepting by his, like... And again, his pressing is unbelievable. He's well coached. Yeah, I think he's a level above the other attackers at the moment for me. Oh, massively! Yeah, yeah. and like you say, well coached. He's come from a fantastic um, team before, so we expect it um, from him to come from someone like Pep. To, to he might be... get twenty league goals this year. I mean, that's mad. <laughs> like, yeah, that's really that is that is crazy to be fair. Like he might get 15, 20 league goals quite easily. I mean, talking I'm like, about you severely overrating Badia Shile and. Uh, and was it Enzo you were talking about? And I think I severely underrated Cole Palmer, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, he, he could easily at this point get 15 league goals and 10 assists. I mean, no one would have saw that coming. I mean, crazy. Any other boarding hots? Um, Craig, do you have any Yeah. I, I, well, mine is uh, his best ever performance in this position. Levi Colwell. I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> is it, you've been waiting to get Colwell in a boiling hot bit <laughs> boiling hot finally, finally, finally a 20 year old playing in a, a new position as, as you know it's taken him you know 16 games or something but he's finally put in an outstanding performance I thought he was absolutely brilliant not just defensively but also going forward I thought he offered a lot going forward as well in this game driving runs um, some, some nice crosses obviously didn't pick out 
actually anyone in particular, but just looking dangerous going forward. And I just think he's coming into his own playing this position. It, it suits him really well, his attributes, the way we want to play. We can sort of be flexible then in our in our build-up play as well. And I just think, you know, fans obviously, understandably when results are going bad, are looking at the easy things to poke holes in. And that's, you know, players playing in inverted commas out of position. Um, but the... You know there are benefits to him playing in 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 this role, and I, I just think, you know, people forget with him and they judge him very harshly. Mistakes for goals and things like that. He's twenty years old. We haven't had a centre back prospect like this maybe ever. So yeah, I just think uh, centre back prospect or left yeah, back. Right, you said it yourself there. <laughs> yeah, no, he's sorry. I don't think his long term future is at left back, but no, there's no doubt that he's a he can play this position. Um, I, I think he will switch to centre back. Uh, under Posh as well. I don't think Posh is trying to convert him to being some sort of left-back in a four-at-the-back system. I do think he'll play him left-centre-back in a 3-4-3. Three, three. I think that would be a brilliant position for him. I under. think when Silva goes next year, oh, I'm not sure he's going to go renewed, I think Levi Cole will get way more minutes. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so do you think that now, just so a couple of games later, maybe Chilwell's back, he'll play Chilwell, yeah, so Colwell, Silva yeah. and Dezassi at the back? This is a This is a good discussion. Because yeah, I, I, that would be that would be Chilwell playing as like the, the sort of advanced back person, yeah. uh, the winger, and then you'd have the three building. You talk about yeah. building up from a three, so that's what you would expect, I guess, right? Yeah, I think there's a, that that will happen. I think that has happened actually previously. Well, no, maybe I might be wrong, right but back. but um, yeah, I think Dzazi can can play that role. Yeah, and and depends. You know, I do think right hand side Cole Palmer. I think we've been watching him now. We've just praised him a lot, but do you think tracking back it does tend to slack off a little bit? It's not yeah. his, his best attribute, I would say. Um, so we do need to be careful with balance. And again, obviously, we talked about this earlier. Do you think Posh is very, very aware of that balance in the team and trying to get players to cover that those positions and those wide spaces just to be really hard to counter attack against, which we've been really good at all season? You know, teams have really struggled. Um, to to create good chances against us continuously in games for the most part. So um, yeah, I I do think that 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 is a possibility. I I do think it, like I said, his long term future is at centre back. But he's been, I thought, you know, his coming out party a little bit at left back because he's he's had some good games, but this was really outstanding. I mean, it was good timing for everyone because Potch was getting. I mean, no Simon Johnson and he did, uh, on the Athletic wrote a piece about you know. About this subject, you know, Chelsea will get more out of Colwell centre back than left back, and he questioned Poch about it. And every time Poch gets questioned about it, he gets a bit shifty, gets a bit nervous, and doesn't like it. Obviously, it's a bit because obviously this is his decision, you know, playing Colwell left back. Um, I've been asking you questions like, do you not think it's like Chilwell centre back, centre back, Gusto, like not a thing? Then you think you think. I mean, I'm a bit old fashioned that way. Like, do you not think we could play the Robert Robertson? Trent Alexander Arnold's full backs and then have three holding midfielders that might be one slotting back in. Uh, I'd say that maybe Caicedo would be the player yeah. that maybe can drop in between the centre backs. I, I mean, you've seen Posh set up exactly like this before. Yeah. I, I just don't think, I think you've seen that be a bit dated, I guess. Um, mm. you, even Liverpool have moved away from that now and Trent inverts into midfield yeah. as they go yeah. forward. You know, I, I just, I, it, it becomes easy. And that's because he can't defend though, isn't it? It's not. I think it was partly that and partly because Liverpool became very easy to counter-attack against, yeah. which is sort of what you get when you bomb both your full-backs forward um, because those wide spaces, you have to pull your centre-backs out and then the centre becomes free. Like it, It's just not a, a common thing in modern football because 
when you want to be dominant in possession, you don't want those wide spaces to be easy to counter-attack because that's the easiest place to, to put the ball in behind and create an easy chance. You saw it actually, Fulham did it once where our fullbacks both pushed up and they played a ball behind with Robinson, behind Silva, and they actually created probably their best chance in the game from that position. So I, we just need to be careful with, with how we structure them and, and I, I do trust Posh with that. Um, I know he's, people have been critical of him um, in, tactically but I, I do think that he, he does set the team up in a very safe way I yeah. would say the only thing I'll say is I think you can I think Malagusto maybe is good enough to invert um, and maybe good enough to play that really that inverted, I, I rate this player I think Malagusto can really no no it. I think he's really good but in centre mid no I mean I mean what I mean is the kind of auxiliary fullback where you could have Chilwell bombing on and you could have maybe that kind of you know, where rather than having Chilwell on the left playing that auxiliary left back, we'd have an auxiliary right back in Gusto rather than Dezassi. Because I'd just rather have Gusto than Dezassi at right back, personally. Um, I just know I, I would like to see Gusto and Chilwell on the same team. Uh, but I, I, We'd I'm, like to see Rich James back, ideally. Yeah, I mean, no, that's not really a That's the big right. problem. In, that's the yeah, elephant course, in the room, but, isn't it? But like, I'm, like, you've made a good point there about, you know, maybe it's a bit dated and whatnot, but. Either way, if we've got Chilwell and Gusto, I'm obviously Chilwell. I mean, Gusto can play left back as well. Let's not forget, he can play pretty well left back. Very adaptable, Gusto. So, um, yeah, just good to have Chilwell back and at least create a conversation because, yeah, playing Colwell every week. I think we can all say playing Colwell week in, week out, left back. You are going to get you know ups and downs in his performances because he's not a left back. You know, but the thing with Colwell is definitely captain material in the future. He can hustle. He can battle. He's got a bit about it, you know. He's got, you know, he's much more of a thing leader than Gallagher. The Gallagher has got definitely some said that from the start. I think he could be a future Chelsea captain, and um, yeah, I mean, fantastic player. But yeah, splitting hairs a bit in terms of what position he plays in. But yeah, unbelievable talent. Yeah, I thought he was good, Cartwell coming back to him, and he he can be a little bit reckless um, yeah. with his tackling. I think that's a bit of a problem. Obviously, gave away some really silly fouls at the end, which almost cost us the game. But I think overall, he's very competitive, and yeah. we should be happy with him that he's there. And like I said, he's young, just needs to develop and keep playing. Um, see how we get on, and hopefully, he can play his normal position. I know he said he wants to play centre back, so if we can get there for him, I think once Silver goes, I think he'll be left centre back for the future going for Chelsea. I think I think once Silver leaves the club and I mean, maybe Wesley Fafana will get fit eventually or whatever, but um, could be Fafana, Chilwell, uh, sorry, Fafana, Colwell, Chilwell, and then um, Reece James. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good defence to me if they all get fit, but um, yeah. Who's this Fafana character? <laughs> but David, that tried Fafana. He's just gone on loads yeah. of Burnley. <laughs> get him <laughs> at centre-back. <laughs> anyway, what's your... Uh, you got any... You got a, you got a board in hot, Chris? Um, you I were going to put Colwell was... in there, weren't you? <laughs> oh, I was going to put. Probably trying to get the. This guy's like Cole with PA, isn't he? Oh, Cole was a one good game, and he's he's very. Uh, I rate Cole highly. I rate Cole. I'm the, I'm just. I'll, I'll go for someone who's been consistently good now, which is what I think Boiling Hot should be about. And uh, Moise Caicedo again. Changing the scope of Boiling Hot. Boiling Hot's just a. Sorry, we're doing like knee-jerk no, reaction to the game. Isn't we're doing it? three games, aren't we? So no, Moises Caicedo for me, again, just smashing it, tackling, doing everything, um, making the team look a lot better than it is probably. Um, he's actually now become so pivotal um, that it's scary. Um, what, what I think we'd do without him, I think he's, he's playing that well. The places he receives the 
ball for passes is like absolutely outrageous. Yeah, he's always just, I feel like he's just got someone who's hanging off the back of him. He's he's got fantastic pass accuracy. But yeah, I think he's been excellent. And so you can see a pass, he's intelligent. Uh, he knows where to stand a lot of the time to, to ensure there's good spaces. Um, yeah, I really like him. I think he's been a huge part of the success we've had recently with some wins. Um, and yeah, we need to keep him fit, keep him firing. He's going to be a massive player for us in what I would say are some very challenging fixtures for us um, against some of the teams away from home that are coming up. So yeah, we're, we're going to need him. Um playing well and he is so got to keep that going I d- again do you think the changing the formation from the 4222 to the 433 whatever the hell this is isn't helping it's restricting it causes problems we can see it with how we're trying to attack as well so be good to settle on something that we can um, people can get used to because it's, it's not ideal and it makes a big difference in midfield because it goes from a two to a three um so yeah again like Restricting Caicedo is not ideal. I think we've seen that one. When we moved to the other four two two two, and it looked really good. So happy for him, though. Just really quickly on Caicedo. I mean, I saw him as a sort of like destroyer, you know, getting the ball back, and he is good at that. But he's really good on the ball. He, he really he's got a bit of finesse on the ball, but a bit of flair about him, and he can play around the corner, play in tight spaces. Kind of advertised this. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't watch loads and loads of Brighton last year a little bit. And I don't. I try and watch other teams as much as I can when you get the time, but just kind of heard this player through hype, really, through, like, you know, uh, clips on X and whatnot, but he is really good on the ball. Uh, he's kind of advertised as, like, a Kante too, but he's he's different. He's a different player today. I'm not going to say he's better, obviously, or worse, but, like, different player, completely different, um, different attributes. I think sometimes he can be a bit rash and clumsy uh, in his tackling. I think, I think of age, though, that would get better, but... Yeah, really good player, and I think undercover playing very well at the moment. Yeah, I I, I do think uh, in this specific game he he was decent, but I think yeah overall if you're talking about the period, yeah he he's been an outstanding player for us for sure. Um, so yeah, I I I I think when you when you buy a player for a, over a hundred million midfielder, you expect him to be good, but I guess we're finding out sort of what his best attributes are, and yeah, some surprising things like you know how good he is on the ball, for example, that you alluded to. Um, it is nice, but yeah, I, I I do think you know there's still room to grow for Caicedo, not just as a player, but also as a personality in our team because I think he has got a bit of an edge to him, but he's sort of in his he's in his shell a bit at the moment. Thanks. All we've got time for today. Thanks very much, guys. It's good right. to be back. Great to be back. Great to be yeah. back. We'll, we'll be back more regularly from well, now. Hopefully, uh, now we're back, we don't start losing again, which seems to be the <laughs> Don't don't draw the parallels between the pod and losing, even though we have been awful since this pod has started. Overall. Yeah. Anyway. Overall, yeah. It's been a bit of a curse, this pod, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but we will be back um, before our next game, which will be Middlesbrough. So we'll see you then a long, long break, a long winter break. So enjoy it. And for more updates and all things ESCR, you can follow us on X at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. <laughs>